Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Doc Sportscast today. Uh, so we are back and uh, excited to talk about uh, this weekend's set of games. Uh, yesterday there was uh, very exciting games, very exciting games across the league. Um, you know, most of the games can't, went kind of how we expected. Uh, however, there were a few that, uh, you know, definitely uh, were different than we thought uh, they were going to play out. And uh, very interesting to see how uh, the games transpired the way they did. Uh, we'll kind of break some things down, talk about some players to highlight from each of the games, and, uh, yeah, move on from there. But before we get into it, a uh, big shout-out to the Chicago Sky and the WNBA for winning their first uh, WNBA championship. Uh, really great accomplishment there. Uh, Candace Parker playing for that team this year. Uh, very excited, very emotional at the end of the night. Um, yeah, just really, really great. You know, they, they had a great comeback there in the fourth quarter uh, to be able to get back and win that championship in that game. Uh, you know, you hate that for, you know, people like Diana Taurasi and things like that who, you know, are getting a bit older in their careers. You know, who knows if she's going to retire, things like that. Uh, we don't know at this point. But right now we are uh, recording this at the time of the Sunday night football game between the Steelers Seahawks. Uh, there is uh, four minutes and 55 seconds left in the first quarter um, of that game. We'll update you a little bit as we uh, continue recording the podcast here um, on that game. But uh, right now, we'll first go ahead and start ge- uh, getting into this slate of games. We've got a lot to talk about from uh, yesterday's set of games. We'll first talk about Thursday Night Football. As we mentioned when we were recording, we thought that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would go ahead to win that game. They did. Uh, it ended up being a little bit closer than we anticipated um, You know, to, to finish the game out. Uh, Tom Brady did have an interception. Like Those are the things that you need, the breaks that you need to end up winning the game uh, up against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who is one of the top teams in the league. So um, the, the Eagles really had a shot in this one. They really did. And like we continue to say on here, you're always going to get either good Jalen Hurts or bad Jalen Hurts. And in this game, my opinion, when you look at it, I think you got bad Jalen Hurts. One touchdown, one interception, and he threw uh, 12 for 26, 115 yards. Guys, that, that doesn't cut it. That does not cut it in today's NFL uh, with the pass-happy NFL the way that, that it is. That will not cut it out there. Uh, he had 10 rushes for 44 yards. That won't cut it from a rushing standpoint. Yeah, he had two touchdowns attack onto it. So from a fantasy standpoint, oh, my God, Jalen Hurts was amazing in fantasy. That doesn't do anything for your team. Um, they, they really didn't perform all that well and uh, just really, really uh, bad situation to me for the Philadelphia Eagles because, yeah, they'll win those games they're supposed to win, but they're not going to beat these teams that are really good because if you need Jalen Hurts to win games, if you need him to play well to win games, he can't pass the ball effectively enough to win you games. And that's what I can see from a game like this. Go back and watch the game. It, it, it did not look good out there. It did not look good. Um, I will mention uh, Zach Ertz was traded from Philadelphia Eagles after he scored a touchdown in this game. He performed pretty well in that game. And uh, we'll see what happens for the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals getting him and how they could possibly use him. Uh, after what we saw from them uh, when it came to the Browns game today, I don't know if they really need any help out there. But uh, they do have him coming in to bolster uh, those pass catchers for Kyler Murray. So anyway, we'll move on to the Sunday slate of games. Uh, first off, Dolphins-Jaguars. This game being played out there in London. And it was T. D time out there in London, uh, touchdown time uh, for sure. This game was really interesting game, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, we did tell you guys earlier in the week that if Tua was the starter for this game, we had Jacksonville Jaguars winning the game. Um, we said if Joe, Jacoby Brissett plays, uh, they then the Dolphins would win the game. We did not, however, say uh, what would happen if both of the both of them played, and they both did. Uh, Jacoby Brissett came out there for one play, one pass play. He completed his one pass for 25 yards, um, kind of a 
you know, just different set to put out there in front of the defense, uh, kind of trick them up a little bit, and, and it was successful. But uh, as we saw in this game, like we, we like we continue to tell you guys, we do not believe Tua Tagovailoa is a viable starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't believe he's going to be able to consistently win you games. Uh, I just don't see that from him. And uh, when you look at this game, that is complete tale of it. He threw an interception. He threw for two touchdowns. He threw 33 for 47. So, yeah, he threw fairly accurate. Uh, he had two touchdowns. But the interception that he had was <laughs> it, it was it was not good. It was not good. You know, it really set the tone uh, for some different things out there. And, honestly, I just don't think that he has that killer instinct to be able to make enough plays in a game. Now, he ran the ball three times for 22 yards. I know that people are going to look at the stats and say, hey, you're wrong. He threw for over 300 yards. He did everything he was supposed to in this game. Yes and no. This is a Jacksonville Jaguars team that came into this game with no wins. This is a game that you need to win. And Jalen Waddell had a great game. Mike Gusecki had a great game. And even with that, you still couldn't prevail over this team. Now, people will say, okay, maybe that's the defense's fault. This defense is still decent. It's a decent defense. I, I, I don't think that this defense is just broken down. Okay, when you really look at it, at late in the game, Tua was not able to drive his team down and put points on the board. Um, and we'll continue to say that. Sometimes the stats say it. Sometimes the stats don't. We'll agree with the stats sometimes. Sometimes we won't. This is one. I'm not going to agree with the stats from what I see. I think the jury is still out. And I do not believe that I have faith that Tua will be a consistent starter in the NFL. I just don't see it. Now, Trevor Lawrence, on the other hand, I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to do really, really well. If you look at it, his stats were not as good as Tua Tagovailoa. For the most part, but he didn't throw an interception, guys. He played consistent, solid football. He's learning to take the checkdowns. He's learning to not play hero ball, and it makes his team play better. Also, their coach, Urban Meyer, is starting to understand. I don't know if some little girl in a bar somewhere like told him how to get, you know, to play better football for his team. And hey, you need to run the ball more with James Robinson. But whoever it was that told him, he's listening, and it's being very effective. James Robinson ran the ball 17 times for 73 yards. That's a 4.3 yard per carry average. That's insane. That's great. Keep running the ball with James Robinson. James Robinson had a touchdown on the day. He also caught three passes for 28 yards. From a passing standpoint. Trevor Lawrence is sharing the wealth out there. He's getting more familiar with these receivers left and right. He had three receivers with over 50 yards apiece. LaVisca Chenault had 54, Jamal Agnew had 78, and Marvin Jones had a 100-yard day. That's great. He's getting more and more chemistry with these guys, and I think it's just helping the offense flow more and more. So I do think he's getting together. Dan Arnold at the tight end position is definitely helping diversify uh, their offense as well. And I look for this Jaguars team to get better and better as the season goes on, in spite of the bad coaching effort that they have from Urban Meyer. They have a lot of talent, and I think that that will get them wins, just like it did in this game. So 23-21, or 23-20, Jaguars get the win. Moving on, Chargers versus the Ravens. Now, we did say that we thought the Chargers would ultimately win this game. However, it was played in Baltimore. That definitely played a factor at the same time. Man, Justin Herbert did not come out and play that well. He, he didn't come out and give his best. They couldn't get anything going in the run game. Austin Eckler only had seven yards for crying out loud. Oh, my God. Austin Eckler only had seven yards rushing. Are you kidding me right now? That was, that was pitiful. It was pitiful. He only caught the ball four times for 48 yards, too. So, Overall, they kept him under you know 60 yards total offense on the day. That's huge. If you can do that to Austin Eckler uh, against this uh, Los Angeles Chargers team, you're going to be effective. And they showed it. Keenan now have five catches for 50 yards. Mike Williams was you know again he disappeared in this game, and that will happen uh, for this team 
But Justin Herbert has got to continue to figure things out. This Baltimore defense is a great defense. They are getting better and better as the season goes on. They've got some good young guys. And obviously, like I said, they're going to get better as the season goes on. And that's fine. But you can't come out and end up doing what you what you did in this game. You can't come out so flat and, and end up not having any answers for that defense. You've got to find a way. And this is really on Justin Herbert. To me, this is on Justin Herbert, and this is on the coaching staff. You have the talent. There's no reason that you put up six points up against this team. Literally, they had six points. Final score, 34-6. to six. Baltimore gets the win in a blowout fashion. And if you look at it, Lamar Jackson played awful. People ended this game. Guys, I will tell you, while I'm watching the second slate of games, there were reports out there about, oh my gosh, Lamar Jackson, he is he is cementing himself as an MVP candidate. What the hell are you people talking about? He threw for 167 yards on 19 of 27 attempts. He had one touchdown. He had two interceptions on the day. He did not play well. The, Lamar Jackson is not the reason they won this game. They won this game because of defense. They won this game because of special teams. They won this game because they could run the dang ball down the Chargers' throats. Devontae Freeman had nine carries for 53 yards. Lamar Jackson had eight for 51. Latavius Murray had nine for 44. And Le'Veon Bell had eight for 18. Bell, Murray, and Freeman each had a touchdown apiece. But if you look at the receiving standpoint of this team, they outran their receivers, like they literally have more rushing yards than their receiving yards. That does not happen often in this league. If you look at these stats and you look at how Lamar Jackson played yesterday, he did not look good. Well, today, I'm saying yesterday because that's when you guys are going to be listening to this, but he did not look good in this game. He really didn't. So, guys, jump off this crap of, oh my God, he cemented himself because of that win. Guys, he played horrible in this win. He played horrible in this win, okay? So what speaks more to a guy being MVP? Him actually playing well or his team getting wins? Because if he goes out and craps the bed like Lamar Jackson did in this game, they're lucky that they blew out this Chargers team. They're they're so lucky that they blew out this Chargers team, okay? And that's just that's just what it is. It's how it goes. You know, they they did their thing on special teams, they did their thing on defense, and ultimately that's what won them the game. But Lamar Jackson did not look good in this game. He really did not. Um, so yeah, that's something that I would worry about if I am a Baltimore Ravens fan moving forward. I'd be a little concerned. Okay. Moving on, very interesting game to get into was the Green Bay Packers up against the Chicago Bears. And as we told everybody leading into this game, we did believe that the Green Bay Packers would win the game, as they did. We thought that they would actually win a little bit further um, of distance than what this one was. It's a 24-14 win uh, for the Green Bay Packers, so only a 10-point win. I thought they would have done better. I thought their defense would have played better in this game. But here's the thing. Let me tell you this, guys. This is a situation where, as we mentioned, when you have to have Justin Fields win you games, you're not going to win games, Chicago Bears. You have to understand that. He's not a guy who's going to win you games. That's not what he is built to do right now. He's got to get experience under him. Andy Dalton would have been a better play in this game. I'm just telling you that. Not because I'm an Andy Dalton fan more than I'm a Justin Fields fan. No, I like Justin Fields more than Andy Dalton. But Andy Dalton would have been better in this matchup because when you have a team that you can run the clock and run the clock and control the the line of scrimmage, you can control the clock, you can run that ball out, and you can play solid defense and beat them like they did against the Raiders last week, that's a game you can win with Justin Fields. This is a game up against the Green Bay Packers, a 
dynamite offense. Any offense that has Aaron Rodgers is going to be amazing. And so when you're playing up against a really good offense, you cannot win with Justin Fields. You can't. He's just, I'm not saying that he will always be that way. I'm just saying right now, you can't. He's going to be great. He's going to be really good. I'm telling you, he will. But right now is not that time, okay? This game, Khalil Herbert played amazing. 19 carries, 97 yards. That's a guy that, honestly, David Montgomery, when you come back, you need to be worried that, that you might be in a timeshare because he played out of his mind, okay? And he... You know, did some, he did a couple, caught a couple passes out of the backfield, you know, two catches for 15 yards. Um, Allen Robinson had four catches for 53 yards. Cole Komet had four catches for 49 yards. And Darnell Mooney had five catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. You know, ultimately, Justin Fields had one touchdown, one interception. It, it, it's just not that time for him to be able to play hero ball and win you this type of game. He did have six rushes for 43 yards. That's great for fantasy managers. You want to see that moving forward. But Aaron Rodgers is going to be lethal. And they did the same thing they tried to do last week against Las Vegas, tried to run the clock, control the clock, play solid defense, run that ball. And guess what? Aaron Rodgers is way more efficient than Derek Carr. So it doesn't matter how many passes you give him a chance to throw. He's going to throw touchdowns. He had, he only threw the ball 23 times, guys, and he had two touchdowns as a part of that 23 as a part of those 23 throws. He is as effective and efficient as possible out there on the field. Okay, Aaron Jones had a great day, 13 carries for 76 yards. AJ Dillon had 11 carries for 59 yards. I mean, Devontae Adams had four catches for 89 yards. I mean, th- this is the the Bears played well. They played well. They really did. But they don't have enough in Justin Fields right now to win a game when you have to outscore your opponent. Okay? That's just where it is. And I'm, again, we're not hating on Justin Fields. We're just saying, Bears fans, you have to understand where you are right now. And where you are right now is you're not going to be able to win these types of games up against really good offenses. Honestly, I'm telling you, Andy Dalton would be better in that situation. Yeah, he might lose you some games. He might. But he has a chance to win you games passing-wise. He has a chance to throw that deep ball accurately and, and make some plays down the field. He did it in Cincinnati. He's, he's shown the, that ability. Justin Fields doesn't have that experience, and you're going to get interceptions. Okay, and that's what happens. So he had an interception in this game, and, and I think that's going to continue to happen if they're not playing a team where they can just run the clock out and try to beat them that way. A team that puts up numbers on them, Justin Fields is going to have interceptions. Just telling you right now. All right, next up, Rams versus the Giants. This one was a complete blowout from the get-go. Obviously, we anticipated this. I mean, look, guys, Daniel Jones did not look good out there. He did not look himself out there. He threw the ball 51 times. He threw three interceptions, no touchdowns, 242 yards. Like, this guy, I mean, kudos to him. You guys remember last week, he he got hit hard. He got jacked up, and, and he couldn't even take two steps without stumbling, okay, because of the concussion that he had. So... Guys, I, I'm not upset with Daniel Jones. I, I mean, kudos to him for playing it out and, and toughing it out in this game. But it was clear he was seeing double out there. He was not seeing the defense. There was something wrong with his vision. Something was wrong with him internally. Three interceptions, no touchdowns on this game. I mean, it's just really bad. And don't take anything away from the Rams' defense. They have a great stifling defense, okay? But just couple that with Daniel Jones, like, really not being there, uh, you know, 
psychologically because of the concussion and that's going to give you a recipe for disaster you know Devonte booker had 12 rushes for 41 yards three rushes for elijah penny 15 yards on the day and one touchdown for him um sterling shepherd was a bright point for the for the offense and i think that's what we're, that's something you guys need to be accustomed to moving forward sterling shepherd if you guys look at it i mean i know everybody's like oh kenny galladay is so amazing when he went there and whatnot guys sterling shepherd is daniel jones boy okay they are tight like I I would be shocked. I would not be shocked if I find out that Sterling Shepard like lives in Daniel Jones' garage and they play Xbox every weekend together or like every Wednesday together or something like that. Because these guys have something going on. They have chemistry. They they are always on the same page and he's always the top target. Always the top target for Daniel Jones. Um, So just keep looking for that to continue being the case. If you have Sterling Shepard, great for you in fantasy. If you do not have Sterling Shepard, I would advise. Definitely picking him up because he is the go-to guy for Daniel Jones with or without Kenny Galladay. Um, and, I, and I look for Daniel Jones to get better. I look for him to you know play better as things progress. Obviously, he was not there because of that concussion, but he's going to get better, play better, and hopefully things can get better with Saquon and stuff. I can't remember what's going on with him right now, but I know he was out for this game. I know he's probably going to be out for multiple games. I can't remember if it's like a season-long thing. I don't think it is. But once Saquon comes back, it makes your offense more versatile and you have the chance to score more points. I think this Giants team is built to be a very good team, but a lot of injuries, guys. A lot of injuries, and that's what's hurting them. Anyway, for the other side of the ball, Matthew Stafford came out, did his thing. He didn't have to play hero ball. He just had to go out there and just do what he needed to do. 22 for 28 uh, passing-wise, uh, 251 yards, four touchdowns, one interception on the day. Um, yeah, he was just he was just playing silly out there. He was just slinging that ball everywhere, okay? And because of that, yeah, he threw an interception. But you know what? Who cares? He's out there just slinging the ball all around because he was having a field day. Yeah, you're going to make a mistake at some point. Who's just going to get too relaxed? Uh, Daryl Henderson. 21 carries, 78 yards, one touchdown, Sonny Michelle, nine carries for 42 yards. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they ran the ball effectively, 143 yards rushing the ball, or 131 yards rushing the ball. That's great for them. Um, Cooper Cup, I mean, again, the other bright point there, he's always going to be the bright point of this team. Nine catches on 12 targets, 130 yards on the day, two touchdowns. Robert Woods is, you know, that's the thing. Everybody was so excited for him to have a great week last week. Again, you have to have a little bit of patience with this because, yeah, he had that blowout game last week, but throughout the season consistently we have seen that Matthew Stafford does not focus on him. And in this game, he did once in the red zone, but he only had two catches on the day in total. He did have five targets, so there's a few that they missed They missed each other on. But uh, look for Robert Woods to continue being solid, but I still don't think he's going to get back to that number one receiver option. Cooper Cup definitely has that locked in for this team. So yeah, as we said, it was a blowout, 38-11, to 11, uh, final score of that game. Next up, we're going to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals up against the Detroit Lions. So in this game, we expected it to be a little bit closer than what it was. Um, Detroit, obviously, from last week, they had a big loss, and I, I think it really just rattled them. I think they um, came out real flat. They just, they just couldn't keep competing out there um, after what happened. I think it really broke them, and it, it was easy to tell in this game. They came out flat. It didn't seem like they were competing early on in the game. Uh, couldn't really get anything going. And, you know, Jared Goff, 28 for 42 on the day, uh, 202 yards, uh, no touchdowns, one interception on the day. Um, pretty clean pocket. He just wasn't effective. You know, he wasn't getting anything open downfield. Uh, Rushing-wise, they could not get anything going. They ran the ball a total of 18 times. 
36 total yards on the day. That's atrocious, okay? You, you can't do that and be effective. Again, the offensive line, it just seemed like they weren't really there, weren't really trying today. Um, you know, receiving-wise, there was a couple of bright spots. DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, I mean, those guys always kind of do their thing, but uh, really, really di- a dismal day for them out there. Um and I look for them to maybe bounce back and play a little bit better as the season goes on. But it was just a tough break last week for them, tough loss. And really, you can tell it weighed on them mentally. Cincinnati-wise, uh, they played great, played really, really well. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow came out there 19 for 21, 271 yards on the day, three touchdowns, one interception. Um, you can look past that one interception when you're throwing three touchdowns. Brandon Allen, the backup, actually came in only through one pass for seven yards and a touchdown on that pass. So that's really great effectiveness from him. He's a real good veteran backup out there in the league right now. Uh, Joe Mixon, 19 carries for 94 yards, really good on the day. Joe Burrow got outside the pocket five times for 20 uh, 20 yards on the day as well. Jamar Chase led the team in uh, yards on the day. Uh, No surprise there. He's continued to do that all season long. So four catches, 97 yards. Uh, No touchdowns for him, but Joe Mixon did his thing receiving-wise. Five catches, 59 yards, and a touchdown for him. And Chris Evans had another uh, touchdown down catch there was also Audente and cj who's uzama who had uh, touchdown catches for them so they roll in this game 34 to 10 uh, look for the Bengals to still be a, a competitive team each week they have a great offensive system there if that defense can step up and and be as good as it was today they'll, they'll uh, have something to say by the end of the season the Vikings up against the Panthers, guys. This game was this game was very very exciting. It was a, it was a, such a good game, back and forth. Uh, you know, it it went really back and forth the entire first half, and then uh, once we got in the second half, that is when things started to uh, really shape up. The Vikings in the third quarter uh, scored 13 to the Panthers seven. That they went up pretty big, and then in the fourth quarter, it was the Panthers clawing back at the end of that game. They blocked a punt for a touchdown. Um, you know, did everything they needed to do. To, to get back and fight and claw into that game, and ultimately it did not matter. Uh, they did end up losing this game 34-28. to The Vikings get the win in overtime on a um, Osborne, um, Osborne catch. Okay, so Osborne had a touchdown catch to end the game. Really great for him. This is a great young man who's come out there and looked fresh. Uh, really good rookie. And he's a guy that if you're in Dynasty Leagues, things like that, you want to pick this guy up because I'm telling you, he looks really, really good. Minnesota Vikings is a team that looks to get rid of receivers later on when they have some good, fresh talent. Look at what happened when they had Adam Thielen and a guy named Stephon Diggs. They got rid of Diggs, and then they brought in Justin Jefferson, okay? This could be the very same situation. I mean, Adam Thielen's not as young as he used to be. Maybe they look to get rid of him after this year and keep Osborne and Jefferson as their their two guys. But... Just something to think about as uh, as things keep going. Uh, we'll break down some stats here real quick. So for Minnesota, really great game for them. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 33 for 48, 371 yards on the day. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Dalvin Cook, the big highlight for rushing the ball. 29 carries, 140 yards on the day. He had a day and a half. Uh, 4.8 yard average per carry in the game and one touchdown. Uh, surprisingly, he only got one touchdown. With that great of a day, you'd think he'd get more, but... Whatever, we'll take it. Uh, Receiving-wise, man, just Adam Thielen, 11 catches on 13 targets, 126 yards on the day, led the team, one touchdown to go along with that. Justin Jefferson, eight catches, 80 yards. K.J. Osborne, as we mentioned, the game-winning touchdown, six catches, 78 yards, and that game-winning touchdown to go along with it. So, uh, Carolina, man, the Panthers, Sam Darnold is still looking in a slump. 
Um, he's, he's, he's in a slump. He's in a rut right now, and they need to get that figured out. This line is breaking down. It is not giving him good, solid protection the way that it was the first few weeks. I don't know what's going on there. I can't remember if there's injuries or something, but it is definitely affecting him. 17 for 41. Horrible, horrible completion percentage. 207 yards on the day. One touchdown, one interception. Uh, so definitely a very, very much a struggling game for Sam Darnold. Chuba Hubbard, 16 carries, 61 yards. Not horrible on the day for him, and he coupled that with a touchdown. So not bad for people who are settling for him after losing Christian McCaffrey to the IR again. Hopefully he can come back after this IR stint because the Panthers need him back in a bad, bad way at this point. But Sam Darnold needs better protection. Passing the ball, I mean, look, there's only a couple guys to really talk about here. Five catches, 73 yards on 13 targets for DJ Moore. And Ian Thomas, he had one big catch toward the end of the game for 41 yards. Nothing real consistent to look at there. But I will tell you guys this. Way too many drop passes. Three catches on 11 targets for Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson was dropping the ball left and right. DJ Moore was dropping the ball left and right. And these were balls that were right in their hands. These were balls that were easy, catchable balls. Seriously. Like, like these were basic NFL catches. And they could not catch the ball. So Carolina Panthers, like their receivers did not help uh, Sam Darnold at all. Didn't help him at all in this game, which was so sad. Um, so, so sad to see. This is not on Sam Darnold. It's not his fault. Yes, he's in a rut. Yes, the protection is breaking down. But his receivers can't even catch a ball. Guys, you got to do better for your quarterback than that. You're not going to be able to win games if you can't step up and catch the ball, which is the one thing you're there to do as a receiver. Anyway, moving on as, uh, yes, the Vikings did get the win, 34-28 to in that game in overtime. Next, we'll talk about the Texans and the Colts. This game went really exactly how we expected it. The Colts have a really good defense. Um, you know, it's it's had some ruts every now and then. But, man, in this game, they played amazing football. Jonathan Taylor looked like Jonathan Taylor from last year, okay? He averaged 10.4 yards per carry. Per carry, guys. He only ran the ball 14 times. And he had 145 yards on the day with two touchdowns. Amazing. Which is great because we told everybody last uh, week that that is the guy that you need to have in fantasy. And uh, we took him in all of our DraftKings lineups, all of our FanDuel lineups. We had him in pretty much everything. And he balled out. So uh, he did really well. Great game for him. Like we said, we already posted his, we already said his stats. But uh, Carson Wentz, 11 for 20. Didn't have to play through hill ball. But guys, he was efficient. He was efficient, which is all you want to see from Carson Wentz. He had two touchdowns, no interceptions on the day. Did everything he was supposed to do to keep this team involved. T.Y. Hilton showing up four catches on 80 yards on the day. That's amazing for him. Really sad for Michael Pittman. He really took a step back. Two catches on three targets for 35 yards. I don't know, guys. I'd be worried. T.Y. Hilton's back now, and Carson Wentz, it looked like he really likes to look for T.Y. Hilton, so we'll see how that dynamic continues going throughout the season. On the Houston side, man, the only thing receiving-wise to talk about here, there's two guys really to focus on. Four catches for Nico Collins on six targets, 44 yards on the day. Brandon Cooks, nine catches on 13 yards, 89 yards on the day. Brandon Cooks looked really good. Nico Collins looked good. Those are the two guys. I mean, those are the two guys to focus on. Jordan Atkins had some catches here and there, but really, that's the only two players that you can look at for fantasy. I mean, Mark Ingram did have a really good game, which we had to pick him up in one of our fantasy teams or one of our fantasy lineups because, um, because of some injuries that were going on. So we did have to pick up Mark Ingram last minute, and we're excited about that. He had 18 carries for 73 yards. Really good day by him. Uh, Davis Mills looked 
he looked okay. He looked okay, guys. Really, this is a really good defense for Indianapolis. Uh, you know, he just didn't have a lot go his way. 29 for 43, 243 yards, 5.7 yards per, uh, 5.7 average uh, depth per target. You know, and no touchdowns, two interceptions of the day. Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great, guys. But uh, he he's getting his reps in. I think he's going to be fine. He's going to be an okay quarterback starting for the Houston Texans. Uh, so I, I don't think there's reason to think that they have to go out and draft a guy after Davis Mills. Let's give him a bit of a longer chance. But again, 31 to 3. Indianapolis Colts roll over the Houston Texans. Chiefs versus the Washington football team. Washington football team, as many of you know, has so many things going on with it. So many distractions out there right now with this organization. Um, they kept the game really close for the first half. They really, really did. They were actually um, ahead at the end of the first half by three points, which was absolutely stunning to so many people. But you kind of sit there and thought, like, well, they're going to blow it somehow in the second half, and they did. They scored no points in the second half. They went away from Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson was hurt. He was, he was hurt because of the shin issues that he had, and they only gave Jarrett Patterson one run. Guys, I've been banging the drum for Jarrett Patterson's whole season. I've been banging the drum since he got drafted. What is wrong with y'all, okay? Stop putting J.J. JD McKissick in there and letting him run the ball. Give it to Jarrett Patterson. This guy has another gear. This guy does not go down. He is a pit bull. Put him in and use him. Please, I'm telling you, if Jay, if Antonio Gibson is hurt and not being able to play in games, you need to be able to run the ball effectively with Jarrett Patterson because he can do it all. He's great. I just really hope they give him a chance in future games if Antonio Gibson is going to be out for an extended period of time. Now, passing the ball, Taylor Heineke did fine. He looked good in this game. He really did. You know, 24 for 39, 182 yards. Yeah, you'd like to see that get up a little bit, but they were trying to manage that game in the first half. They weren't trying to go play hero ball. One touchdown, one interception on the day. Uh, took no sacks, so pretty clean pocket for him. Uh, nothing really big to talk about receiving-wise, except for the fact that Ricky Seals-Jones, who told everybody they needed to look for as a tight end um, leading up to this game, looked really good. Four catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown to go along with the day. He's a guy to continue looking for as uh, the season goes on for this team because, it, it, I mean, he just looks really good out there. Uh, he flowed in the offense. They had some things specifically designed for him, and I look for him to continue having that type of success. Now, Kansas City. Guys, what do you want me to say? There's not really too much to say here. Patrick Mahomes really struggled in the first half, but then they got out of their slump, okay? 32 for 47 on the day, 397 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Again, tail of two halves. Okay, two touchdowns and the two interceptions were the two interceptions were both in the first half. He got that out of his system and then they started rolling. Speaking of rolling, Daryl Williams played really, really well. 21 carries, 62 yards on the day, and two touchdowns. To go along with that, he had three catches for 27 yards passing the ball. This guy looked really good. I if I am the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't know why I wouldn't continue going with Daryl Williams. I don't know why I keep going back to uh you know MC uh MCH. I really don't. Um, I, I, I just, I don't understand it. Uh, or C C E H. Clyde Edwards Alaire. I don't know why I keep going back to him. Daryl Williams looks fine. He looked really good in this game and I would continue working with him. Uh, Travis Kelsey did fine. He had a little bit of an injury late in the game, but I think he's going to be okay. Eight catches, 99 yards on the day and Tyreek Hill, nine catches for 76 yards on the day and a touchdown to go along with it. So yeah, Kansas City did Kansas City things. That's all we have to say. Next up, Cardinals versus the Browns. Okay, so the Cardinals versus the Browns. Cardinals got the win 37-14 to over the Browns, and Baker Mayfield looked atrocious, guys. He did not look good at all in this game. It was really, really bad day for him. 
19 for 28, 232 yards, um, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, he took five sacks for 23 yards. Guys, he padded the ball quite a bit. He he missed a lot of throws. I I just I don't know how I feel about it. Just uh, he just did not play well in this game. And again, it's a situation where if you have a quarterback that is a serviceable quarterback, you've got to win the game by being up the entire game. And they couldn't run the ball. Nick Chubb wasn't there. Kareem Hunt got hurt late in the game. And so this team had nowhere to go. They had nowhere to go. And if you can't outscore high-scoring offenses, you're not going to win in games like this. You're never going to beat teams like this, just like the Green Bay Packers game up against Chicago Bears. Baker Mayfield is a serviceable quarterback, but he's not a guy who's going to go out there and win you games. He can't win playing hero ball like we see from a lot of these quarterbacks, and that's really the big issue that's going on. A couple guys to talk about real quick receiving-wise for Cleveland. Peoples-Jones, four catches, 101 yards on the day with two touchdowns. Odell Beckham Jr., five catches, 79 yards on the day. No touchdowns for him. But, uh, yeah, I I just don't like what I am seeing from them. They play Thursday night football, and they're not going to have any real good running backs. Look for Dearness Johnson to get a lot of carries in that game coming up, guys. That's a guy to really look for in DFS. Um, Next, we'll talk about the Arizona Cardinals. 20 for 30 for Kyler Murray. Four touchdowns, no interceptions on the day. Guy was lethal out there okay ran the ball seven times for six yards that wasn't very good but james connor 16 carries for 71 yards chase edmonds four carries for 46 yards on the day very effective both sides of the ball receiving wise aj green led the team and we told you guys going into this game who did we tell you to look at for fantasy aj green and he led the team in receiving yards five catches 79 yards in the day and a touchdown to go along with it that's right i love it when we call something and it works well aurora is really good at picking her people out there um again for those of you who don't know aurora is the nine pound dachshund that's on the cover art of the podcast um but yeah she loves picking her players and aj green's that guy she picked and he balled out uh christian kirk did really well five catches 75 yards and a touchdown and deandre hopkins three catches 55 yards and two touchdowns on the day for him so cardinals roll in this one 37 to 14 Cowboys up against New England. Guys, this game was a really great game. It showed a lot of maturity from Mac Jones. He threw an inter- a pick six late in this game. And what did he do right after that? He came down the field and he scored a touchdown. Came down the field and he threw a touchdown. Guys, I'm telling you right now, Mac Jones, he might not be the next Tom Brady, but Mac Jones is going to be the next quarterback for this team for years to come. And he looks good. The New England Patriots is going to have a solid team for years to come because this guy looks good and he's only going to get better. I'm telling you. Um, He threw 15 for 21 on the day, 229 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception on the day. That interception, I mean, it it, it was bad. It was bad. He he missed the guy, threw it in front of him a little too much, and, and it got picked off. But he did come back, redeem himself, and score that touchdown late in the game. I mean, just... Guys, Mac Jones, I'm telling you, this is a guy that's going to be really, really good for many years in this league. Damian Harris uh, ran the ball effectively, 18 carries for 101 yards and one touchdown on the day. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson had five carries, 23 yards, and one touchdown on the day. And then receiving-wise, uh, Jacoby Myers had five catches uh, to lead the team, and he had 44 yards with those catches. But Kendrick Bourne had one catch for 75 yards. That was a long touchdown that he had uh, with that one catch. And that's really it from the receiving standpoint to really focus on here. For the Dallas Cowboys, man, I, 
they honestly did not deserve to win this game. Like they should have played so much better. They could have been so much more efficient and effective in this game. And I really think they were getting out coached for most of this game by Bill Belichick. But Dak Prescott went 36 for 51. Guys, his arm's going to fall off at some point. They're throwing the ball way too much. They need to get that down. Uh, 445 yards on the day. Three touchdowns, one interception uh, from Dak Prescott. Ezekiel at 17 carries, 69 yards on the day. Tony Pollard, 10 carries for 41 yards on the day. Both of them looked really effective. C.D. Lamb, nine catches for 149 yards and two touchdowns on the day. Man, C.D. Lamb is the guy. That That is the guy in Dallas, and that just it, that's how it's going to be. You might have some good games every now and then from Mark Cooper, but C.D. Lamb is going to be your guy to go to. Tight end-wise, Dalton Schultz is a guy that we said to look for, and he played really well. Five catches on 79 yards on the day. So remember to keep Dalton Schultz in mind. He is a guy that Dat Prescott looks for when he needs to go to those checkdowns. He's looking for Dalton Schultz, and he sees a lot of mismatches with him. Again, they get the win in overtime, 35-29. to Raiders versus Broncos, okay? This is the last game of Sunday Slate before we talk about the current game that's going on while we're uh, recording this, and that is um, you know, Seattle versus Pittsburgh. But back to uh, Vegas and the Broncos. Guys, really exciting. I'm very happy for the Raiders to come out. It's it's not what we thought. They're like We thought they would be so distracted. They would be so upset. They would be down over everything that's happening with their organization. But you know what? They didn't. They rose to the occasion. They rose up and they say, you know what? We're not going to let this get us. We're not going to let this beat us down. We're going to move forward. And they they came out. They came out like a cannon. They won the game 34 to 24 up against the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos started to come back late in the game. And if you had more time, Denver probably would have continued coming back in the game. But uh, Derek Carr looked good. 18 for 27, very efficient. 341 yards on the day. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, they couldn't really get much going in the running game. Their, their 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 running backs didn't look very effective overall. They only had 86 yards in the day. But, uh, you know, receiving-wise, they had some big plays that they made. Uh, guys looked really good out there. They had some good chemistry with Derek Carr. They just played really consistent. Honestly, their defense and special teams helped them to win this game tremendously. And, uh, you know, for the Broncos, it was, it was kind of sad. Teddy Bridgewater played really well except for a few plays, and those few plays were bad plays. 20, 35 for 49, 334 yards, three touchdowns, and three interceptions. Guys, you just can't have three interceptions. You're not going to win games like that. But I look for Teddy Bridgewater to bounce back and be fine as the season goes on. Uh, I think this was kind of a fluke for him to throw that many interceptions. Um, Rushing-wise, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams both had over 50 yards on the day. They're splitting carries still out there in that backfield. Um, both of them caught the ball three times, 15 and 23 yards for, for them. And then uh, Noah Fant, nine catches on 11 targets for 97 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he's looking to be a top five uh, fantasy option for tight ends. And again, we told you in this game to look for Cortland Sutton. That was the guy that we advised you to go with, and he did not disappoint. Eight catches on 14 targets for eight, 94 yards and a touchdown. Cortland Sutton is the go-to guy for Teddy Bridgewater in this offense, guys. So if you have Cortland Sutton in fantasy, kudos to you. If you don't, try and pick him up. But in daily fantasy, definitely look at him every now and then because he's going to have breakout big games like this when they have games that they can score points. Now, that is it for <clears throat> today. We're going to uh, wrap things up as my throat starts to dry out a bit here. I forgot to bring some water down with me. Sorry about that, guys. But um, game against Pittsburgh right now, we did say, hey, look at this one. It could be an upset alert. Um, you know, Think about this one. It might be something where Pittsburgh loses this game because Pittsburgh does, isn't that good of a team. Now, they're going up against Geno Smith. Okay, 
They're playing against Geno Smith. They're only up seven points right now with four minutes and 35 seconds left in the second quarter. Okay, that's where we are currently. Okay, currently it's four minutes, 35 seconds left in the second quarter. And what I will tell you guys is that Geno Smith doesn't look bad. He's eight for 12. He doesn't look bad. He hasn't thrown an interception, but he hasn't thrown a touchdown either. Metcalf's got three catches, 28 yards. They're playing consistent, solid football. They're not trying to beat themselves, okay? That's all they're trying to do. Now, Pittsburgh is moving the ball down the field right now. They're probably going to score. I, I think they'll probably end up uh, settling for a field goal here. But, if, if, like, ultimately, 15 for 19 for Ben Roethlisberger on 111 yards. He's got a touchdown right now, no interceptions. Um, and they're, they're running the ball not very effectively right now. So, Honestly, I still think this could be an upset. I still think Seattle can come back and upset the Steelers in this game because the Steelers should be putting up more points. <clears throat> they should be putting up more points. So honestly, I think it's going to end up as a close game. And I really do think Seattle is going to come back and win this game. Now, whatever, it's 50-50. We'll probably be wrong on this just because we're saying it. But look for Seattle maybe to come back and win this game against the Steelers. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, with that being said, we'll go ahead and wrap up today's episode. I know we went pretty long today. We just went over the 40-minute mark. Sorry, guys. There's just so much to cover. Um, again, kudos to the Chicago Sky. Great win for them in the WNBA. And you guys need to watch some more WNBA basketball out there. They, they need some respect out there. Uh, it's great to watch those girls out there and playing. And, uh, you know, there's, there's so much talent out there in the WNBA today. It's really second to none. Um, I, I get so much more enjoyment. I get so much enjoyment watching the WMA just like I do the NBA. <clears throat> There's different aspects of the game, different types of athleticism and skills and things like that. But the efficiency and the way they play, like honestly, I can tell you when I watch a WNBA game, I know that the better team is going to win every time. That doesn't always happen in the NBA. But I can tell you that's what happens in the WNBA because it's about playing efficient, effective basketball. And and that's really, you know, from people that someone that like me that wants to coach and things one day, that's what I want to see in the game. I don't want to see a game just because the other team has one better player than everybody else. I want to see them win because they have the better team. And that's what happens in WNBA. So anyway, kudos again to the Chicago Sky. First ever WNBA championship for them. Uh, we will wrap up today's episode. Uh, guys, please like, share, subscribe. Um, you know, to the channel, uh, any feedback you guys want to give us, we have our email, Facebook below, please reach out, let us know what we can do to keep things entertaining here for you, um, but yeah, that being said, we'll go ahead and wrap things up, again, sorry we went a little bit longer on the day, but uh, again, like, share, subscribe, really appreciate it guys, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again on Wednesday.